0: This show has explicit language and probably has mature themes. Yeah, it sure fucking does. (laughs) Hey, John. Would you give us that intro, Lick? Explanations. I'm Dexter Sorensen. I look some stuff up on Wikipedia, watch some Vsauce and SciShow about it, and I'm gonna explain it to my friend David Gerondale. David, hey man, hey, hey, what are we gonna learn about? We're gonna talk about blockchain, but first we should uh, we should talk about going to the coast. Okay, yeah, Yeah, We went to the coast. Uh, Tell us about King's Tide. Oh, okay.
1: Um, so. We went to the coast because there's uh, what is colloquially known as a uh, super low tide. Yeah. Uh, Which is to say that, like, basically, we went to the coast when there was the sun and the moon were essentially lined up on the same side of the earth um at this specific time which was 6:30 a.m. So we Pulling had to leave the tide town away from yeah. Oh we had to God. leave town at like 4:30 to get there on time. I'm
0: such a morning person.
1: Yeah, <laughs> me me too. I me thre- too. I threw up uh, cuz I was like a little hungover. <laughs> <laughs> well, the rain getting out of town, I yeah, thought you guys were ahead of us honestly and so the only reason I kept going was because I thought you guys were ahead of us and hadn't complained. But Oh. Mm, that rain was so bad yeah. and i hydroplaned so many times coming out of town and they're like on the that freeway on that stretch of freeway they're just not very good reflectors no and so i got kind of kind of a little bit concerned and almost chickened out but i thought you guys were ahead of us not behind us and so i was like nope nope yeah. got to keep going
0: yeah uh... but then
1: the rain stopped and it was fine yeah, except for the fog, the fog. Once we got in between Corvallis and uh, the, the coast. Oh, my God. The fog. Seriously.
0: Well, and then people kept riding my ass. Yeah, well, I had a semi well, like, ride my ass. And I was like, what the like, hell are you literally, doing, dude? I can't see where a turn is going to be happening. There are no reflectors. Why are reflectors, you trying to be going fast right now? There are no like, reflectors on the opposite side of a turn. So yeah. if
1: you're coming into a turn and there's a cliff face there and there's fog, really fucking dense fog, you you don't see that cliff face until it's like fucking 15 feet from yeah. you. And the guy behind you wants you to be going 45, and you're like, I I'm not I don't gonna know be doing this. that.
0: I'm absolutely not gonna be doing no. that. No, I don't know this road. I'm gonna be going fucking 20 right, right. now. Right. I get that the guy like, in the
1: truck behind me may drive this like every other day, and so he knows every turn of it. But I don't. I don't. Oh yeah, that part was kind of scary yeah. too. But then uh, eventually we got there. It and was the super cool. low tide it was, was so cool.
0: We we uh saw like starfish and anemones and like Oh some... a gumbo chitin. We saw yeah. a gumbo chitin and got to touch it. Yeah, it was kind of gross and cool.
1: Yeah, those things are interesting. They have like bones. a big bones.
0: They got like a big old bone in them. Yeah, they're invertebrates, but they have a
1: big bone, so to speak. It's like a in this plate yeah yeah exactly yeah. um that sits just beneath their their like skin which is kind of like slimy leather almost and then they have this hard plate underneath it that gives them a structure essentially yeah,
0: so it's like kind of firm and mushy
1: yeah the think the about a sand dollar um if you ever were to touch a sand dollar when it's alive
0: it would feel pretty much the same way yeah Another thing that we did is we did the world's shortest bike race. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Only Dexter
1: participated in the end.
0: It was kind of fun, though. He um, rode against one of our old friends. Yeah, I took fourth. Out of four. Yeah, and my heat. <laughs> <laughs> Which disqualified him from further heats. <laughs> but I was racing against professional bikers. Like Yeah, the, one the of,
1: friend we mentioned, this is what he does like for a living. In and in I essence. was and I
0: was racing against him And I'm pretty sure all the other three Were professional bikers too Eugene has a lot of those Yeah, It has a very <laughs> prominent
1: bike culture And I
0: was riding like one of those uh, Pay to play bikes that are Yeah, just, like, yeah basically town. a hospital <laughs> One of the
1: hospitals uh, In Eugene Peace health um, started a service by which you can rent a bicycle and they like, have like GPS in
0: them. So they can always find them and they like have like the bike locks forth, though. in the bike. Yeah. And I hadn't used it, so I had to get the app. But anyway, yeah, and my that's... bike's tires were flat <laughs> and <laughs> Jonathan was late. <laughs> that's, that's why y'all didn't do it. Basically, we yeah. suck. <laughs> <laughs> it was still fun though. It was it fun. Was really and we fun. had, we had
1: lunch yeah. at, uh, Falling Sky. Uh, falling Sky. Happening.
0: After that, they were the ones who put it on. Yeah. All right. Let's get into blockchain. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, what do you know about blockchain? What do I know about it? Yeah. Um,
1: that it's the basis for cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. Um, that it is a decentralized form of of basically checks and balances. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a it's a in some ways flawless form of checks and balances in a highly decentralized manner so there's no banks or any centralized entity involved it's um the participants that actually keep keep it so yeah like uh, the ledgers
0: you mentioned cryptocurrencies when we talk about cryptocurrencies we'll mostly today talk about bitcoin um but there are shit tons of coins yeah at this point it's it's there some of them there's too many to mention there's at this too point. many to mention and some of them sound like they're good and some of them like aren't good so yes. some um like yeah the, so the whole... like if you're gonna get into a, a coin like research it extensively before you buy it and stay away from meme coins and research how to research it Yeah.
1: Like, actually, like, find out what you need to know about a company before you start investing. And then research the company itself.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, uh, let's talk about what is blockchain. So, blockchain is a secure electronic ledger. Or pretty damn secure. So, what is a ledger? Wikipedia says... A ledger is the principal book or computer file for recording or totaling transactions, with debts and credits in separate columns, and a beginning monetary balance and ending monetary balance for each account. Right. Yeah. Nice. That's pretty encapsulated. Pretty succinct. <clears throat> so, a ledger is just basically a list of transactions. Right. With and totals. Ending-
1: yeah. Ending monetary um, or values in each account after the transaction before and after usually
0: so basically blockchain is a way to securely record transactions or other types of electronic information online right um it attempts to solve two problems it attempts to solve the problem of trust and it attempts to solve the problem of double spending so we'll first talk about double spending okay Double spending is a flaw in digital currencies. And pretty much whenever you use your debit card or buy stocks, you're using digital currency. Yeah, for sure. Cryptocurrencies are a subgroup of digital currencies, but digital currencies encompass more. But unlike cash, a digital token or a digital currency can be duplicated, falsified, or changed by a hacker.
1: Well, I mean and- cash can, but it has fail safes. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Like built into it.
0: Exactly. Like you can or
1: security devices rather than fail safes. Sorry. Fail safes isn't the correct, but it has security devices built into it.
0: Yeah. Much like a good cryptocurrency has fail safes. Or into digital it. currency even. Um so like with a lot of digital currencies, they're held by a single authority. And if that authority can't be trusted, they could be changed, or somebody could hack into it and change it, and nobody else would know.
1: Sure. Like, even if the authority can be trusted, maybe their security can't. Yeah. Which so we've seen numerous times mm-hmm. in the last decade.
0: So you could buy something online and alter the information so that although the transaction was completed, in the end, the ledger says that you still have your money.
1: I see, yeah. That's
0: double spending.
1: <clears throat> okay. That's actually happened to me in my account before. Where Has like, it? Yeah, we're like, I... In a negative sense or a positive sense? Positive sense. Well, Weird. I guess that's a negative sense because the money did end up going away, mm. but like it didn't reflect that for a number of weeks, oh, which was that distressing. Is, that is negative. Because then I didn't necessarily know exactly how much money I had. I had to always yeah. do the
0: math in my head. Well, and that's that's where we get to the second problem, trust. When you, whenever you complete a transaction, whether it's person to person or via a proxy like a bank via digital currency, you always have to trust that when I give you money for something, I'm going to get something, or when you give me something, I'm going to give you the money for the thing. Sure, that the transaction
1: will be carried out um, according to the agreed upon
0: plan. Mm-hmm. And when you do things on like a large internet global scale, you have to use a proxy. Sure. And you have to be able to use the pro- un- tr- trust the proxy. Sure, like eBay is a good example, yeah. an easy example of that. But if it's hackable, then it's hard to actually have that trust that's necessary for any transaction. Sure, like because I- you don't think they're capable of delivering on the level of security that they claim yeah like i trust you like really trust you if i make a bet with you i know that you will pay me out sure Um, and you
1: have a you have a history
0: of betting with me that backs up that backs that up that up it's not just an assumption Mm -hmm. and so like that's what banks pretty much do nowadays is they serve as a proxy for trust. So you don't have to trust the person that you're dealing with. You trust the bank. The institution. The institution. And that they're making sure that that person follows through. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, Bitcoin attempts to solve the double spending problem, which affects trust in digital currencies. So let's get into the history of blockchain. Okay. Okay. First idea kind of similar to blockchain was described in 1991 by Stuart Haber and W Scott Stornetta. Wikipedia says the first blockchain was conceptualized by a person or group of people known as Satoshi Nakamoto in 2008.
1: Right, yeah, which is a Famously, a pseudonym.
0: Yeah, yeah. Nobody actually knows who Satoshi Nakamoto is. It's not a real person. No, no, no. Or if they're a single person, and and
1: people have come out to claim that they are that individual since oh. then.
0: Yeah, yeah. I would. I mean, it was,
1: and there's specifically there's an Australian coder, uh, who who is it? the most likely candidate, really, and who has
0: come out and claimed that they are that individual. You shouldn't have tried to be anonymous before.
1: Yeah, exactly, and that's why there's suspicion. Like, if you, if yeah, exactly. Like, there's uh, you were anonymous before, but now suddenly you decide that you want all of the fame that comes with it. Of course, there's <laughs>
0: suspicion. Yeah, no, it could have been anybody, and it could have been you. But fuck it, dude, you didn't claim credit. You didn't when claim you did it originally, it. yeah. Um, but when they did come out with the concept of block blockchain they implemented it in their fir- in the first cryptocurrency bitcoin. Okay, yep. Um so let's talk about how blockchains work. Blockchains take records of transactions and link them together in such a way that if you alter any single block, you alter any other block that follows that block in the chain. Right. So, which is to say well, we'll get into how well, the ledger yeah. keeping is done. Yeah. Okay. Um, An important uh, part about most blockchains is that the entire ledger, every transaction that has ever happened, is open to the public and digitally synced. So it's on a peer-to-peer network. Right. Every time any transaction happens on the network, everybody has access to it. And this is where the decentralization starts. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah. And it also works on a consensus. So in order to create a new block or change the information in a block, 51% of the nodes or people with a ledger have to agree that that's true. Right, which makes it virtually impossible to falsify
1: your version of a block and have that mean anything. Because yeah. if you falsify your version of a block, that doesn't do anything Because everybody else, all of the everybody duplicates. Else, everybody already
0: knows that that's not true. Exactly.
1: Everyone has a copy of the original transaction being transcribed to this ledger mm. and yeah like you said it's decentralized so it, it it's disseminated as soon as it's populated as soon yeah. as this part of the ledger is populated as soon as a transaction is populated and verified it's disseminated exactly and verified it's disseminated amongst every user every
0: participant of the blockchain yep and a block in a blockchain has four major pieces it has the transaction, the hash, the hash of the previous block, and the keys. So let's get into those. Okay. So the details of the transaction occurred when the block was created. That's just basically who gave who how much money. Right. Um, but that can still be synon- pseudonymous? Synonymous? anonymous, Su- Synonymous. Basically, it transacts who did what, but also keeps it private. Sure, so like not- pseudo anonymous. So so yeah. it's
1: so it's um it's keeping a detailed record of who gave money to who, but it's who not is who
0: is private information. Yeah, and then it has a hash to the it has a hash unique to that block, and it has the hash of the previous block in it. And hashes are generally long chains of seemingly random alphanumeric characters that serve as a digital fingerprint, and it's completely unique to the block. Right. It's it's generated by a very
1: complex algorithm that is at the core of what makes the blockchain
0: um, difficult to falsify. Yeah. And the hashes also serve as structure of the block, so if any details of the block change, like if the transaction of the like of the block is changed, it changes the hash of the block. And so that also changes the structure of the block and changes the hash, too.
1: Right, which makes it obviously it's like one hand false. Wise. Yeah. Because and, it's, it's then checked it's against everyone else's network. version.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, So changing any single block changes the details of any block that follows it, and then they become incorrect. Exactly. Right. So you can't falsify any past transaction
1: without then marring the fingerprint of every future transaction that happened after that. Yeah. Thus falsifying your blockchain from that event onward. Mm Mm-hmm and and when we say decentralized what we mean is like imagine if you as a um as a member of a bank were responsible for automatically keeping the ledgers of every other member of the bank and then there was no bank
0: yeah that's essentially what we're talking yeah. about because that's how everybody it has access to the ledger the entire Every single transaction that has ever happened, and they're all chained together.
1: Yes. And they're all. And so not only do you have access to that ledger, but it informs what your transaction will be tagged as if
0: you have one in the future. Mm -hmm. And then the fourth uh, component of a block in the blockchain is the information of the public key and the private key. Okay. So in order for a transaction to occur and be authenticated, it needs to be quote-unquote signed by your public key and your private key. Right. Um, so in order for a transaction to occur and for a new block to be cre- added, it needs to be signed. The public key is stored on the ledger and verifies that your transaction was actually signed by your private key, which isn't stored on the ledger but identifies that you are associated with a key. Right.
1: Right. Which, again, uses very complex algorithms to both keep yours private, your private key private, but authenticate it through a public key, yeah. which is accessible.
0: And it's actually really easy to verify, but it's really hard to falsify yes. or create that data. Right, exactly. So it's easy to verify, but it's hard to create.
1: You would need, you like, in order to falsify that data... You would need a computer farm the size of probably, I don't know, a, a mid-size Ohio. Yeah. You would need a, a computer farm the size of Ohio. But the problem is, even then, it would need to be able to generate that in real time. And it still probably wouldn't have the capacity to do that. Yeah, it's, it, it, That's what already... the problem is. Is computing
0: power in real time that's why this can't be falsified we're about to get into it but like already miners we're going to talk about miners later but already miners use about the same amount of electricity trying to verify transactions as ireland
1: uses yeah and a lot of this takes place in east asia which i'm sure we'll get into all right
0: let's (coughs) let's keep going Blockchains like Bitcoin have another important aspect to the security and validity validity there we go. of blocks called proof of work. So, although the structure of blockchain makes it extremely hard to tamper with blocks, it's not theoretically impossible. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Computers, or rather huge server rooms, could calculate and recalculate every block in seconds to make the rest of them valid. Sure. But proof yeah, of it's, work Yeah it's
1: theoretically possible. It's
0: theoretically possible. It hasn't been done. That's that's way different than than <laughs> practical or practically possible. Yeah. Because
1: economics, energy, computing power
0: are all involved. So what proof of work is, is it's basically a mechanism that validates and slows down the creation of new blocks. For any new block to be validated and added to the ledger. Nodes or people who hold and adapt the ledger compete to solve extremely complicated algorithms to verify that the keys match the hash and the block is valid. Basically, what they're trying to do is validate the validate the transaction by basically fucking guessing a random key. It's right, like a, that's yeah their their computer character of like fifty or more letters and or numbers
1: yeah and the only way to do it is to basically just just randomly crunch through it yeah. like
0: hard put, crunch through put your head until you wall. find
1: it um and so that's why these massive server farms exist mm-hmm. is because raw computing power is the only thing that gives you the advantage in this yeah
0: and the people who hold the nodes and solve the cryptographic hash functions in order to validate transactions are called miners
1: yes because they mine the cryptocurrency, which mm-hmm. we're gonna get into, I assume. The yeah. reward for yeah. doing this work.
0: It's a real intensive process, like we were talking about. They have to solve upwards of two to the two hundred and fifty six different computational algorithms. <laughs> Jeez, oh, <please. laughs> and so in order to verify a transaction as a miner, you pretty much have to have an extremely nice quote unquote mining rig.
1: Right. Which
0: would, in, in
1: modern terms, be Basically a server, a server farm,
0: the, the, the size of what you would
1: usually imagine a classical farm to be.
0: Yep. <clears throat> but if you do verify the transactions, you get rewarded with your own fresh digital currency.
1: Yes. You get cryptocurrency yep. for doing this. This is
0: how it is actually generated and what gives it value. And, uh, and the proof of work is the fact that it's so fucking hard to do. And yeah, exactly. So that's that's what I mean.
1: That's what gives it value is yeah. is the fact that it actually takes raw computational power to earn one. Yeah, and it takes more computational power
0: than ever to earn one, and you actually earn yeah. less than you ever did in the past. Well, yeah, like every something like uh, two hundred ten thousand new transactions that occur. It halves in value.
1: Yes, so there is actually a hard limit on its, it's value eventually. It's like twenty-one eventually. million. Bitcoin's well, rather,
0: there's a hard limit on its Bitcoin's return on investment. Yeah, the ROI. I just like to say ROI. Um. So yeah, like we we're talking about, they cost a lot and use a shit tons of electricity. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and also, they hog up all the fucking graphic cards in circulation, <laughs> <laughs> which makes bi- building a PC for yourself from home so fucking More expensive. expensive right yep. now. And sure as shit, electricity mi- electricity mining rigs have high fucking electricity bills.
1: Oh sure. Oh yeah. 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 And they put off lots of heat, so they need to find ways of cooling themselves. Yeah. So they usually have like lots of utility bills in addition to electricity. Yep,
0: yeah. But it's worth it, because if you're the first one to verify a transaction by solving the hash function... Adding it to the blockchain, you get rewarded with some of your very own new digital currency. It's worth it monetarily.
1: Monetarily, I like, like. honestly like as a trend, it's having a seriously negative effect on <laughs> yeah. our grid and on our carbon footprint. Like yeah. it's having a negative effect on the imp- uh, on it's, the environment.
0: It's probably not sustainable. Honestly. No,
1: no, it's not. People building larger and larger server farms, like what is happening right now. Like server farms are starting to grow exponentially. And and that is just obviously not sustainable as an economic format. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's 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 like gold rushes of the past.
0: And the other thing is the other thing is like right now, uh, Bitcoin does something like six hundred and ten thousand transactions a day, whereas Visa or Mastercard does something like sixteen hundred transactions a second and so like if you're going to if you're going to actually overtake them as the means for computing transactions you're basically going to have to use all the energy in the world yeah exactly yeah yeah it's it's (laughs) It's not
1: sustainable as a currency format in that sense and and thankfully there are other cryptocurrencies which have come up with different ways of generating value yeah
0: well, and there's there's we'll get into it, but there's like private ways to use blockchain privately. Yep. Um, but yeah, like about a year ago, solving a block for Bitcoin would get you twelve and a half bitcoins. That's a lot of fucking money. Yeah, that is. Um, around that time, a single Bitcoin was worth eight thousand six hundred bucks. And last I checked, they were worth eight thousand eleven hundred. Eight thousand one hundred eleven. Yeah. Usually, <laughs> transactions take Shout place. Out,
1: Usually, transactions take place in fractions of a single bitcoin, Mm,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and uh, the thing is, a block has a block isn't only one transaction, a block is a specific amount of storage of transactions. So, you could have thousands of transactions in in a a single block, yeah, yeah. Um
1: And it's not set how many transactions, it's set how much storage.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, So yeah, like we were talking about just about earlier, the proof of work concept is great for permissionless blockchains like cryptocurrencies, where everyone has the complete ledger of all transactions, but it's not exactly useful for private entities who want to use blockchains for their own type of record keeping. Like we said, proof of work is fucking expensive. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um So like if you're sharing information between manufacturers, retailers and suppliers, you don't want to have to do all that work to verify blocks. No. Oh goodness, no. Not no. especially
1: when there's like an underlying level of trust, too.
0: Yeah, exactly. So like, but if you have that trust, um trusted partners can handle the information without be with Without being able to spill the beans to other parties. Sure. Yeah, because
1: it's in their best interest. All interests are aligned. So you have every reason to trust your
0: partner. So that's the other. There's permissionless, like uh, Bitcoin, and there's permissioned blockchains. Okay. So in permissioned blockchains, everyone needs different information and everyone gets different information. I see. So like a retailer might need to know the buy order or the amount of goods on the buy order, the price and when it was shipped, but they don't necessarily need to know how much it cost to ship it to them. And then the shippers need to know what the place shipment order was for, how much it costs and when the order was placed, but they don't need to know how much the retailer spent. And then manufacturers need to know pretty much all the info, but they don't need everyone else Everyone else to know their info. Okay, that makes sense. Like, I
1: do the, all the receiving for my job, and this sounds a lot like what goes
0: on uh, w- within that... Yeah, yeah, it's like... Kind of like the, a relation... The, the different series amounts of, relationships. of information. Like, everybody needs different information. Yep. Um, the manufacturers need to know about the buy order and the shipment order to make sure the product gets to the people who purchased it. But they don't need every other retailer knowing how much they sold their product for. They might be selling the same product to different retailers at different prices. So they don't need everyone to know what the price they're selling their shit at. Oh yeah. And that applies to us too. Because the company I work for gets a discount for
1: a lot of the stuff they get because they're a a much larger buyer than most Mm -hmm. other companies.
0: Yeah. So it is possible to use blockchain for private entities without the proof of work requirement. Okay. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about what are some possible future or, I mean, probably current applications of blockchain. Okay. As uh, to tie up the episode. So a lot of people are, are really excited about blockchain for the concept of smart contracts. And using blockchain technology and digital signatures, um, you could actually use it as a completely new format for legal contracts. Okay. So, like, when this X happens, X also happens. So, like, basically, accountants could be put out of job by, by b- blockchain because accountants basically take care and serve as a proxy for different parties. But sure, if you yeah, use yeah. blockchain and it's all validated and secured by the trust of the blockchain. Uh, I see. It becomes centralized and you don't need a third party. You don't need a third party to, to represent to, and, and trust and security. Because of the private key that is secured by the public key, you could actually make legally binding contracts that aren't... Validated by a third party. I see. Um, That's something that a lot of people are excited about. Another thing is uh, medical record keeping. And a lot of medical records are already being digitized. But with blockchain technology and the patient's private key, they could be stored more securely. Oh, okay. And then the patients could also choose who has access to their data, which could strengthen HIPAA laws. And help pay, help protect patient privacy.
1: That makes a lot of sense, yeah. Right? Because like in my job, as well as receiving, like I work with a lot of HIPAA stuff. I yeah. didn't bring that up earlier with the the blockchain stuff, but like, yeah. For instance, a lot of our suppliers don't need to know patient information, but no, they do absolutely. need to know what exactly we need from them. Mm. And so they're privy to some information, but not other information, while I'm privy to some information that... that
0: um, and the blockchain is uh, can be amended. like Because blockchain is just basically a generalized form of technology that can be amended and used in different ways, depending on what the needs are oh sure
1: yeah yeah it's a catch-all for that type of technology like that that notion rather than like a specific set of algorithms to produce it
0: Mm -hmm. Um, one of my favorite things that blockchain could be good for is food safety okay so people are talking about using blockchain for tracking food from its origin to the store or restaurant and in the case of foodborne illnesses or contamination, we could more easily and quickly track the source of the contaminant and get contaminated food off the shelves quicker. Really, because what I'm hearing from all this
1: is that basically this technology is going to likely become integral to every everything. aspect of our society. Everything. Whenever people, are, security people are talking about
0: it. It's like a fucking new internet.
1: I see. Blockchain is actually revolutionary. Yeah. It's not just for cryptocurrencies. It's for
0: everywhere where trust... And transactions. Yeah, and transactions coincide. Mm -hmm. Another thing is like digital voting. With blockchain, it could be possible um, to use that tech in order to verify the authenticity of votes, making it theoretically possible to vote from home on your personal computer.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. Which would make like it it would make voter participation just go up so much, which is Mm -hmm. like the, I mean, if you are actually, if you're pro democracy, you want, then you want voter participation to go up as high as possible. Yeah. If you are honestly pro democracy, then you want voter participation to be as high as possible because that's what democracy is, is everyone getting
0: a say. Yeah. Um, that's basically what I got about, uh, blockchain do you have anything else you want to clarify or anything like that
1: oh i brought up earlier that a lot of um the server farms were popping up in east asia and that is mm-hmm. that is true um so it's getting harder and harder oh, in the early days of the of something else in, okay cool in the <laughs> early days of um like <clears throat> bitcoin especially it was possible for independent individuals like you and I to to set up like a decently beefy rig and mine uh, for currency, you know, you know, try oh, yeah, to authenticate these pro- but because of the pop, having uh, property public keys. Yeah, exactly. And because of the having property, it was worthwhile that most of the time you weren't going to get it like the vast majority of the time you were not going to be the one who came away mm. with a reward. But like if you did, you it was worth of all of that time. Um, it was worth all of those. It's kind of like actually the carnivore method to survival. Like Mm. most of your hunts are unsuccessful, but like that one hunt in 12 that was successful is worth all of those failed hunts Yeah, uh, because you have a high energy reward. And in this case, cryptocurrency was worth a lot. And so you got a, a mad decent reward. But then as time went on and more people understood the value of this, especially in the far east that's kind of a dated concept the far east yeah but like we still call it the middle east and that seems like a dated concept to me but anyway um yeah i know (laughs) anyway especially that we call af afghanistan the middle east but india is like just india when afghanistan (laughs) is as far east as like the western parts of india yeah and afghanistan like touches china and it's the middle east but china's the far east anyhow anyway um, yeah yeah uh basically just because of the amounts of land available and the amounts of of resources available with the very rural but highly urbanizing um development landscape or landscape (laughs) landscape sorry the development landscape in especially china these days it's it's more conducive to setting up these enormous server farms, which are usually just kind of actually this like This is flooded. leading
0: into what I was going to talk about. In, uh, I've heard that in China, they've actually been taking good steps about reverting, like moving towards renewable energy sources and closing down coal power plants. Yep. But people have, like cities of people have been using those old coal power plants to to serve bitcoin mining farms. Jeez, OP, so like, I didn't realize that that's <laughs> fucking ridiculous. Yeah. So they've just been like using with their own power starting up those old oh. coal mining farms because you can burn order... anything in a coal in a coal fire plant yeah. to generate
1: power. It's just a big steam engine.
0: Yeah. So they've been like starting those power plants back up on their own accord without the without government, government so. sanctions. Because that's a
1: huge country
0: and yeah. most of it's rural. They yeah. have mega cities, but a lot of it's very rural. Yeah. Um that yeah, that is what I was gonna talk about, I and mean, I think that's fucking crazy. It is. And they, it was funny, these server farms, they're interesting. Like the
1: the in order to so cool them. Power they use cool so much power, as much power as a city. Like you kinda mm-hmm. said, like they use as much power as a small city. Yeah. It's ridiculous ridiculous all how of them power together use. use
0: as much power as ireland
1: yes all the server farms together use as much power as ireland and a large the majority of those are in in china yeah right now um and it's ridiculous too because like i mentioned they use other utilities so these server farms a lot of times they're waterproofed the servers so imagine massive towers like imagine the tower that you would have in your home for a pc if it's like not a mac yeah
0: yeah
1: um And imagine the tower you would have. Imagine that like 20 times bigger. And imagine a room full of thousands and thousands and thousands of those. And Mm. they're stacked up. And the room is It's like an Amazon
0: warehouse full of those. Yep.
1: And the room is half flooded. Like it's flooded almost up to your waist in water. And that water is just there to cool them off so that they don't overheat each other. Because they don't like... It would take even more energy to run fans, mm. and so instead they use other utilities.
0: Ah, it's fucking nuts, um, but yeah, that's a uh, that's blockchain. You that's
1: got... blockchain. Oof. you got anything else? I didn't realize what a revolutionary technology it was beyond cryptocurrency.
0: I didn't. Understand oh yeah, yeah. If, like, the applications are how far the, the applications, applications are went. extremely numerous. Yeah,
1: and I, it'll probably like the internet. It'll probably take us a couple of decades to realize. Yep. Just how useful it is.
0: Yeah. So yeah, that is it for this episode. The explanations is recorded at Rabbit Pen Studios in Eugene, Oregon. It's produced, edited, and provided them sweet licks by Jonathan Cunningham. Art and logo by Monet Moran. Social media management by Alicia Fentress, and my trusty co-host is David Gerondel. I want to thank our supporters of the show on Patreon. Seriously, your support means everything to me, everyone on the Dexplanations team, and the show itself. If you too want to support the show, go to patreon.com slash Dexplanations. Tell a friend to listen to your favorite episode or leave a review on iTunes. All of these things help out a lot. We're really trying to get more exposure for the show, and we really appreciate you for doing that stuff. Likely, we got a bunch of things wrong. If you want to tell me about it or just want to bullshit, hit me up at podcast at gmail.com, tweet me at Dexplanations, or comment on Instagram. I'll bring it up in a later episode or do a new episode about it. Oh, and as for you, I don't need no proof of work to trust you. Bye now. <laughs>
1: show up on the (laughs) he has a marker visual marker (laughs) let's do another one that because we talked afterward